Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. Olivia is looking at me like I have wronged her in every possible way. You probably have. What? She's just staring at me. Guys, you don't know my cat, but um, imagine if they all did know my cat. Maybe I should post about her more. Um, but she has these like piercing eyes. Sometimes they're green, but sometimes in the light they like change color a little bit. And so when she looks at you, she really looks at you like... It's not just a little glance. She's staring into your soul. She's kind of like silently judging you. Oh, she's always judging me. Sometimes it's not silent. My favorite thing about Olivia is that she's pretty talkative. And so I've kind of tried, I've started to figure out like why she's, she'll start talking out of nowhere, AKA just like meowing and making funny noises. And what I've noticed is like she almost exclusively will do it when I've started talking to someone else. So say the, say the apartment's quiet and then I jump on a call for work, like a Zoom meeting. She'll almost always just be like, <laughs> and she won't go on and on, but I can tell that she's like, excuse me, why are you speaking? Like, stop. Like, you sound like an idiot. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> or she's just jealous. She wants your attention all the time. You think it's that? Yeah, sometimes I wonder if like other people's voices, she gets really distressed. She's like, who is that? Get out of my house. Well, aren't cats like quite territorial? So they, they actually could be a little gel. Yeah, I think they are. I don't think it's territorial as dogs. I don't know. If you guys know, let us know. I know. Well, I feel like for dogs, it really depends on the breed. Like I think there's some dog breeds that are very territorial. But if you have like a golden retriever, for example, they just love everybody. Like they don't care. You're such a golden retriever. <laughs> I'm a golden retriever girlfriend. That would totally be me. If I like we, you, I'm a golden retriever. We talked about this recently. You're a golden retriever. And then what did you say I was? An Afghan hound. <laughs> I forget what that is. What is it? <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> Oh my God, guys, you have to go. You have to stop right now. Stop listening and go Google Afghan Hound, please. Just go do it. Pause the episode, come back. And then just be with me in this moment because um, Persis, yes. this actually is me. Okay, for anyone who didn't Google Afghan Hound, they're the dogs that basically have like long, long, luscious, luscious hair, like a head of hair, not necessarily like, well, actually, yeah, all over their body, but <laughs> they look like 
they look like they have my hair basically and they're they're pretty glamorous like i'm not gonna lie to you and they're very beautiful and the reason why i say you're an afghan hound is because i feel like that's kind of your personality and i know this because when i was a kid i had a big encyclopedia of every dog breed imaginable and i would read it and i read up on all the dogs (laughs) that's really cute okay and i remember afghan hounds are like very protective of their family but they're not the most affectionate but if they like you they're affectionate but they're not like family dogs essentially okay yeah that really that suits me i am definitely like not an automatically affectionate person at all but as soon as i figure out i like you and i figure out you like me too then I'm affectionate, but it, I have to get the mutual like, otherwise I won't be affectionate yet. It has to be like, I feel very safe and I know that I like you and you like me too, which actually, purse, is an amazing segue to our episode topic. Mm-hmm. Seg- Wait, I feel like I've said this before, but we should um, have like a song that we play whenever someone does a really good segue. <gasps> Ooh, that's true. You know what I, I mean? Think of one. And then the core listeners, it would, they can get a good laugh because they know that we're like always trying to <laughs> make the segue seem natural. Hey, I got it. Well, maybe for this one in particular, because I'm so into you, into you, into you. Oh, drop it, drop it, drop it like it's hot. Did you know that song gets me like really twirly, a little, actually a little bit. Guys, you are getting a sneak peek into Persis's anatomy here. Certain songs get things going for this one. It won't make the playlist, but there's something about that music video with Ari, obviously Ari, like alone will just make me twirly but her and the guy she's like in with the video or in the video with i'm like feeling lovey maybe it's more lovey than twirly i feel like it's a little bit of twirls though okay <laughs> okay well if you if you add that song to this episode don't get like too twirly while you're doing it <laughs> okay i'm twirly when i edit every episode so Persis. <laughs> that freaks me out guys speaking of this segue what we want to talk to you about today is this idea of they're just not that into you and everything that comes with it why we struggle with that concept how we can know if someone's into us and everything in between but first we kind of just wanted to say hey to you guys because it feels like it's been a second since we've done just a solo episode um like just recording the two of us and that's mostly because guys we have been so busy recording with other guests in the last while and you haven't heard these conversations yet but they're coming up in the next month and guys we have some insane guests coming up like we can't we can't even compute We can't compute. I don't know how this happened, but yeah, we're just super excited for you guys to hear them. 
And so we've been super busy with that. So it's kind of nice, Purse, to just have like a little moment, the two of us, just like this is how it started. Yes. Like we're back at the start. What is that? Here we are, right back at the start. Yes, Victoria Duffield, justice for you, you, my girl. Do you guys remember that song? Please tell me you do. But yeah, it feels kind of like just you and me, P. I know the way it should be. I mean... The, we, as much as we love our guests, of course, Sarah and I have just been feeling like we're not connecting in the same way we used to because yeah. there's just a third party. And even though we do have an open relationship, it's just like sometimes, you know, you need to feel that connection with your with your one and only. And I've been missing that because, yeah, there's always a third person on the Zoom call. But the only third person on this Zoom call is Olivia, and she's still staring at me like I am like hurting her in some way. I love you. Anyway. Well, one other thing we did want to point out is that we have noticed that there's a lot of new listeners tuning into the pod. A lot, y'all. A lot. Hi. Hi, I'm Persis and this is Sarah and our lives are a little crazy. That should be the intro to both of our, like if we ever go on a date. (laughs) If we ever go on a date again with anyone, that should be how we start the date. Hi, I'm Sarah, and my life's a little crazy. Please do. If they're the one, they'll understand. Um, yeah, guys, our lives are a little crazy, and we just have the best time every week sharing them with you guys. And since there's a bunch of new listeners here, a bunch of new faces and ears... Um, hi, we just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in and for, you know, clicking on something that said girl on girl. We got a message the other day from this awesome listener. She's a new listener. She just started listening to us. And she was saying that like one of her podcast apps recommended our podcast and she identifies as a lesbian. And she was like, it would be a sin not to click on a podcast called girl on girl. And we were like, you're not wrong. Like the gay gods would have been would have been very angry at you that day if you did not press on the girl on girl podcast. Come on. It's a little girl on girl action happening in here. Exactly. And once they tune in, they're like, oh, that's what this is. Yeah. Then they find out that I'm straight and they're like, oh, God, I'm just kidding. She she stayed anyway. She said she liked the podcast. And we were like, thank you so much. It's just been insane. And I'm really grateful to be here right now with the podcast I didn't expect that we'd be here still like genuinely like very very excited to see what's happening with it you know what I mean oh my god yeah I thought we'd I also thought we'd have like five listeners speaking of like talking about things that aren't directly related to queerness we talked to in our last episode Donna Noble who is a queer relationship expert And it was such a good conversation. If you guys haven't had a chance to listen, you should go take a listen. It was just like a very heartwarming, it felt like a therapy session. It was really nice. We both had a great time. But we thought that kind of inspired us. We were like, why don't we explore, after talking about queer relationships and dating, that time before the relationship, that awkward fun but like totally confusing time before you're dating someone before you say this is my girlfriend this is my boyfriend or whatever this is my partner I like to call it the gray area oh man the gray area and the gray area can be full of color which is the ironic part it can be wild 
and really emotional, but you pretty much have no idea what's going on or what's going to happen during those first, you know, moments of day of seeing someone, the first few weeks, the, the, you know, the first month of dating, whatever. And we have seen in our own dating lives and our, in our friends' dating lives, the people around us, this idea of they're just not that into you pop up a lot. We see so many people trying to like, including ourselves, just want to like say again, when we're talking about this topic, like we're also talking about ourselves and we can get into this purse. Like if we've ever made excuses for someone, someone's like behavior, um, instead of just admitting that they might not be that into us. Yeah, of course. Um, I do that. Because, I've done that so many times. Yeah. Me too. It's like we're trying to decipher their feelings like it's some sort of puzzle. Like this gray area can feel like you're trying to figure the other person out. But what we want to talk about today is like, should it really be that much of a puzzle? Should it be obvious when someone's into you? Or is it actually more complex than that? Is it not so black and white, you know? Is it like, is it sometimes hard to know? So we want to dive into it all and also give ourselves permission to be okay with the fact that someone might not be into us and to give that person grace and to give ourselves grace. It's really hard to admit if someone's not into you. You know, we all do have a little bit of an ego, whether we like to admit it or not. And when that feels like that's been um, kicked down a little bit because someone is just saying like, listen, I'm not really feeling it with you. We have to remember that it doesn't, it's not a reflection of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's most likely most of the time has to do with what the person is going through or you guys are just looking for different things. We'll dive into it a little bit more, but I just wanted to like Mm -hmm. make that very clear that we don't mean like they're just not into you in a harsh way. Yeah. We all go through it and there's so many people in the world and you're not going to be into some people and they're not going to be into you. It's just the way of life. That's right. It's a shared experience. I think that's why we can go into it with like such a bold statement. They're just not that into you is because we've all experienced it and It's kind of something that hopefully you can laugh at at the end of the day, right? Like we all have to laugh at ourselves a little bit. And I don't know a single person who hasn't experienced this. I'm sure even, uh, who's the the hot guy we were just talking about before we started recording? Jacob Elordi. Persis just introduced me to him because I don't watch Euphoria. And he's like the hottest thing I've ever seen in my life, maybe. Anyway. I bet you even he has had someone who's just not that into him, you know? Of course. And for me, guys, you know my girl, Alexa Demi. Alexa Demi would be like the most beautiful woman I have ever seen. Right. And I also... (laughs) I'm a little offended, but it's fine. Okay. I would also say the same thing. I'm sure Alexa Demi has had people who are not into her. So the solution would be Sarah and I just need to get Jacob and Alexa on the podcast so we can talk to them about it. I just want to ask them, like, you guys are the hottest people we have ever seen. (laughs) Ever. Exactly, ever. So why why have you been rejected too? Because you definitely have. They're going to be like, we've never been rejected. (laughs) Okay, so let's get into it because I think – The first question that we need to ask ourselves is why is it so hard for us to admit when someone just isn't that into us? And why do we default to making excuses or creating these like wild theories about like where they might be or what they might be thinking? I'm definitely guilty for this. And 
curse. I think like ego is the reason. And I think under ego are all these other little like subcategories of things happening in all of us, in our minds and in our hearts and our bodies that like cause us to do this. And I think insecurities is like up there. It's just like we all, we all have insecurities. And I think, I think as a society, we're getting better at um, owning our insecurities because we're kind of like a self-deprecating kind of generation, you know, mm-hmm. like our humor is making fun of ourselves. So I feel like we're all kind of getting like a little more comfy with our insecurities, maybe. I don't know if you agree with that. That's how it feels sometimes to me when I like open up Instagram. I'm like, everyone's kind of talking about their insecurities a little bit. No, I 100% agree because I find it's almost more sexy, I think. Mm-hmm. When people are completely vulnerable and you open up about your own insecurities, I don't see that as um, uh, a weakness in someone. I no. see it as you know yourself enough to be like, I'm owning the parts of me that I don't really like. And yes, I like that. But the fact that you brought up opening your Instagram page, it seems like so many people are opening up about their insecurities. Think about accounts like We the Urban or We're Not Really Strangers. Yeah. They're posting things that are just so vulnerable, but it also resonates with people. And this yeah. generation is so much more comfortable with being like, yeah, you know what? I'm not doing okay. Or I'm really upset about this person I dated for a week. You know what I mean? It's totally. just like kind of incredible. It is. Yeah. I love those accounts. Guys, if you don't follow the two accounts Persis just said, we're not really strangers and we the urban. They they have such good content. And it's very like, it just makes me feel like I'm seen. And I can't imagine how many other people feel seen in those posts. But even though we're getting a bit more comfortable with expressing our insecurities as like a culture, we still got them. And if someone, if someone doesn't show us affection or someone isn't showing us they like us or maybe they're a little absent or whatever it is, it can validate those insecurities really fast. And I think some everyone has a different threshold. Like for some people, it can va- validate them immediately. And for some people, like takes a little bit. But I'm someone who like my insecurities can get validated really quick. So I talk about this with my therapist all the time, guys. I definitely need a lot of like validation in my life. And if I don't get it, I can really quickly spiral and, and start thinking like basically that – just inflating my own insecurities and creating all these stories in my head about like why I'm not getting the validation or why I'm not getting the affection. And that makes it really, it makes it hard to just admit that the insecurities might be true. Another thing is that at the end of the day, we all want to be loved and we want to believe that we are lovable people. So it can be almost, (laughs) it can be almost like shocking when someone's like, I'm just not that into you. Yeah. Because you so desperately want to feel, even if it's not love, you want to feel liked by them. You want them to like you and you want them to include you in their circle, whatever the fact is. So it's really tough to admit that, I think. Yeah. And um, I kind of just thought of this, but like wanting to be lovable, I think we all have that feeling. Have you ever experienced, I've experienced this before, where I, maybe I go on a few dates with someone and I'm not really sure if I'm feeling it. I'm a little bit like on the fence. And then 
they tell me that they're not feeling it. And then I'm almost like second guessing whether I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. Maybe I was really feeling it. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> it's like as soon as they tell you, as soon as you're your not being lovable thing is triggered it's like oh wait maybe I did like I'm a little bit more crushed now than I thought I would be is what I'm trying to say and it's more about me than it is about them I've known a lot of people who've actually said that to me exactly what you said I actually had a friend over for dinner one time and she told me the story about how she had been seeing this guy for about a month casually though but she ended up just breaking it off with him because she was like, okay, I think now I'm really looking for a relationship, but she always knew that guy wasn't the one. Yeah. Um, and he, I think he was a little upset about it because the feelings were growing for him. But anyway, Aww. they kind of parted ways. But then mm-hmm. she said she noticed he posted a photo with him and a new girl. And she was like questioning. She was questioning things. She's like, wait a minute. Do I like, am I all of a sudden liking him? And I said, no, it's not that. I think it's this weird thing when you just, you see someone move on or even if it was the opposite. Cause I know you said if they're the ones who kind of like did the breaking up, yeah. but it kind of it works both ways. <clears throat> it that's works a good both point. ways. Yeah. That's happened to me before. I've never, I've never felt that way. Well, yeah, but you, yeah, you know, your feelings so deeply and so well Whereas people like me and your friend, who I have a feeling I know who your friend is, um, like second guess, can second guess our feelings or sometimes like operate by how other people feel about us a little bit more. Yeah. But I've never felt that. Like if anything, I'm kind of the opposite. Like if I'm not feeling something on a date with someone, I would almost rather them message me and be like, I'm not feeling this than me because yeah, I, I'll almost be like happy if they're like, hey, Persis, I'm not really feeling this. I'll be like, okay, <laughs> me neither. Oh, I'm glad. so interesting. I wonder if that means you're a better person than me. <laughs> no, I think it is because I really do know my feelings so well. And sometimes I wonder if it's to a fault because I've told you this before, mm-hmm. Sarah. Mm-hmm. Am I looking for someone who's impossible to find? Like I just... <laughs> listeners I have this like feeling in my body when I know I really like someone so sometimes um it can be tough that can be rare just long story short I I won't feel that way if someone rejects me if I'm even not feeling it in the beginning I won't be like oh wait a minute do I like them but I think I think that means you're more secure in yourself than maybe I am or maybe your friend is right it's like you're that won't trigger your insecurities if someone ends it with you as much as it might with me right and i think that's an important distinction because something that we want to talk about with this topic is like everyone is so 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 different and reacts to things in totally different ways and i think that comes into play when we start talking about like why it's so hard to tell if someone's into you sometimes But before we get there, just to like kind of close off this question of like why it's so hard for us to admit that someone just might not be into us, um, I think everything we just said, plus also rejection is scary. When we're getting into a dating situation in the first place, we're already going into it totally vulnerable because we're like, we could be fully rejected here in this situation. It's a scary situation if you're, if, um, you have a fear of rejection, right? Dating is always going to be a little scary. 
Um, and if we can avoid it, we will. So we might start like making excuses for the other person, their behavior, because we're like, we'd rather do that than like ask them straight up if they're into us and be fully rejected. Yeah. And I think also we just want to see the good in people. Like we want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I, I've totally done this where I genuinely just feel like, well, maybe they're super busy or overwhelmed. And so they haven't been able to text me as much or, A big one is like, maybe they just really struggle to show their emotions and like show affection and show how they feel. Like maybe that's a big, you know, yeah, a big struggle for them. And sometimes that's true, which we're going to get into. But a lot of times those are just excuses we're telling ourselves to avoid just asking the person if they're into us. Yeah, we're scared of rejection. Sometimes it's almost easier to just make up scenarios in your own head rather than hearing the actual answer from someone. I've had friends tell me that they're like, I'm not going to send them a text just asking them, like, are you still into this? But I'm like, wouldn't you just rather that? Because then it just saves you so much time. But I understand it's scary. Like I've been in a scenario where I noticed someone was pulling away a little bit and I used to think, Mm -hmm. okay, well, they are really busy. But then it got to a point where I said, okay, Persis, just ask them. Be like, what's up? And I love the famous line, where's your head at? Oh, where's your head at? Oof, that's a good one. It's a nice kind of like neutral way to ask, like, what the fuck's going on? (laughs) It is. (laughs) Other than what the fuck is happening? I've definitely been someone who has avoided asking if someone's into me, what's going on, like what you just said. But recently I have discovered how... I, I think I've totally changed. Like, I don't know what happened, but I think I'm now a person who would way rather just ask and be super blunt and whatever the answer is, okay, moving forward from whatever that answer is, whether it's good or bad. And I actually, not too long ago, I actually did that. I just asked and it was great. And I got the answer. I got an answer, which was awesome and moved forward from there. But... Purse, why is it so hard to tell sometimes when someone's into you? Why is it so hard to tell? It's scary. (laughs) It's scary. And also, we live in a society today where people are just trying to be cool, calm, and collected all the time. Oh, baby. That's right. People just feel the need to be like, I need to be chill. I need to be easygoing. And you're doing it because you want to protect your heart. That's why people do it. Yeah. Um, But sometimes that can actually give someone the wrong idea. You know what I mean? If you're acting a little too cool, the other person is going to be like, okay, they're definitely not into me. Has that ever happened to you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's definitely not <laughs> your energy. Because guys, trans- like full transparency, <laughs> if I'm into you, I will tell you. Amen. No, it's one of the best things about you. Um, you, so I've never had that. I've never no had chill. someone. I've never had someone be like, or I've never acted chill around someone. Okay, I should probably preface. I'm not saying I'm out here like being crazy. It just means that. <laughs> Don't lie to the listeners like this. Yeah, I'm a little crazy. <laughs> um, no, if there's someone I am interested in, I definitely eventually tell them. I'm not saying I jump in like right off the bat, but I definitely give cues, or I won't act too cool to like not be interested. Which is great. No, I. that's just me. I'm that person. But if I'm not really feeling someone, I do act not too cool, but I'll just act a little bit distant. Aloof. Aloof, yeah, totally. 
It's one of my favorite things about you. I love that you just wear your heart on your sleeve. And I think, yeah, like you said, we play it cool because we're trying to protect our hearts, but you just like can't even. And so you're it's you're putting your heart out there to get like stomped on, but it's so it's so amazing and so admirable because that's scary and you do it anyway because you have to. Like you just have to tell someone how you feel. Yeah. Whereas I this has actually happened to me once where I had gone on a few dates with a guy and I was trying to play it so cool. I, I still was like trying to figure out if I liked him and stuff, but I was playing it really cool and really chill. And, you know, not texting back too too soon or, you know, what I mean. Like texting kind of like, whatever. The point is, he thought I wasn't into it. <laughs> so he like, so he like stopped messaging me. And then, anyway, the point is, we talked about it and he was like, I thought you were like not into this at all. And I was like, no, 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 no. The opposite. And anyway, then we dated for two years. <laughs> Yeah. So I tell that story because it's really hard to tell if someone's into you. And I think we always say, like, if someone's into you, they'll show you. But sometimes it's not that simple because I have been someone who has been into someone and not really shown them that I'm into them. Honestly, it really depends on the person. And that's why we want to reiterate, it's not so black and white. So we're kind of giving, giving you guys, like, these um this guidance because these are definitely indicators if someone's into you or not into you but always remember like it is really the individual like sarah and i are both very different people and the way we show our interest is clearly very different so just like remember that (laughs) and then i feel like for queer people there's like another layer of trying to figure out if someone's into you and this isn't for all queer people but purse you've experienced this before where like first of all if you're queer, it can be hard to know if the person you're crushing on is queer in the first place. Like how, especially for you and like for anyone who's new to the pod, Purse has a type. She loves like femme presenting girls, really pretty girls. It's, all around the world, pretty girls. Ah, I wipe the floor with all, all the boys. boys. All the drinks. Bring the, Bring noise. the noise. We're just so We're just pretty. pretty. That's Persis. She's just like, she just sings that at the bar in hopes that like pretty girls come flocking. Totally. Um, but how many times have you seen a really pretty girl out and you're like, oh shit, she is pretty. And then you're like, well, now I have to figure out if she's gay and it's so hard. <laughs> so that's like first, first off, like, you know, first layer. And then the other layer is like, even if you do find out they're queer, they're in the community, it's like, You've experienced this so many times. Like, are they ready to date a woman? Or are they intimidated by dating a woman? You know what I mean? Are they just in there like, I'm using air quotes for this, guys, but experimentation? Are they just experimenting? I'm only saying that because, like, Persis has kind of experienced this before. Mm-hmm. Is there a better word than experimenting? Exploring maybe is a better word? Exploring their sexuality? Yeah, I would say exploring. Experimenting feels kind of like wishy-washy, which I don't like. I think like I think just people who are exploring their sexuality and maybe not ready to be in like a committed relationship with whatever it is, the same sex or maybe someone who identifies as trans or non-binary or whatever. Agreed. Um I've definitely experienced that quite a bit in my dating life. Uh, it's unfortunate, but I think I mentioned this before. I, for a while also, I think was emitting an energy that wasn't completely confident and 
my own sexuality. So I think I was also attracting a lot of people who maybe were like more in it to just have fun. And because I'm such an easygoing person, because I'm such an easygoing person, I think I almost gave them the idea that like I was cool with things just being chill. Right. But one of my exes told me, she's like, I know you and you want love. You do want a relationship. So you need to put that energy out there or else you're going to attract people who aren't sure. And she was actually talking about herself. So I thought that was kind of funny. I love that. What does this ex have a, have a code name? Regina. Okay. Oh my God. I really like that. Regina said that. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that she owned to the fact that like, she wasn't looking for what you were looking for and it got, and you know, that made things a little messy. It did. It did. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things where that's kind of where I'm at, but at least now I know, I know what I want and I'm, I'm very, very clear, but the other thing that we did just touch upon is like, how do you know if a person is queer in the first place? And I just thought about how when I was in Vancouver with Sarah and our friend Christine and Camille, there was a day on the beach where I saw the cutest girl like reading a book. Oh, she was super cute. And guys, I walked up to her like straight up. I walked up. I did it old school. I literally like wrote my number on a piece of paper. Yes. And uh go back to our episode hey here's my number and (laughs) you can listen to get some advice but also it didn't really work out for me um but I walked up to her and I was like hey so honest I think you're I think you're really pretty like my name is Persis like here's my number if you want a message like do what you want with it basically I don't really think she spoke English because she looked at me so confused (laughs) that was a plot twist I definitely didn't think that there would be like a language barrier (laughs) And I truly just ran. I literally ran away. And all of us were on the beach, just like pretending not to watch, but also watching from afar, like watching. It was like we were watching our daughter, like take her first steps or something. We were like, yeah, go girl. And then you ran over to us. She was really yeah, cute. She was. But yeah, I think I also think like once once you've been out or comfortable with your queerness for long enough, I wonder if like you just you start to get so much more confident and comfortable with just like asking people if they're interested or just yes and for a long time you were like a baby gay but i think now you're like so confident in your queerness that it's a lot easier for you to be like and since you already put your heart on your sleeve it's so much easier for you to be like hey you're really cute hey here's my number or whatever very um, much so i'll take totally number. i'll take your number i'll take your number i'll take your number girl but yeah, it's hard. It's hard out there, y'all. And we actually, I did like a little research into how to know if someone's into you, which there are a lot of articles out there on the internet about how to know if someone's into you. Um, and some of the stuff I found was like really obvious. And some of the stuff I found was, seems like a little bit kind of bullshit. Um, but I think like first and foremost, and this is not something I discovered on the internet. This is my opinion, y'all. I think number one way to know if someone's into you is effort and consistency together. If they are consistently making an effort, then they're into you. Yes. And kind of like we said before, it, it's not always black and white because there, there have been scenarios. And I think Sarah has actually gone through this where 
someone could be very busy and overwhelmed and things are going on. But I think as long as they communicate that to you, that also shows interest. It's not like they're being avoidant. Um, Exactly. But just the consistency and effort is definitely a really solid place to start. So if someone likes you, they're going to show they like you. Exactly. So I feel like start there. If you're, if you're, if there's someone in your life and you're wondering like, are they into me or not? I cannot figure it out. Are they showing you effort and are they consistently showing you effort? So I found this article in The Independent and it had all this input from psychologists talking about like how to know if someone's into you. What are the signs of interest, like sexual interest, romantic interest? So there are actually some cool ones that I thought were interesting. <clears throat> the first one is that they tell you about mundane things which I think is so true. So for example, they want to text you just to tell you that they went to the park or had a really good bagel somewhere, like really mundane kind of like day-to-day things. And it's almost like they're finding excuses to talk to you and share their daily life with you. I feel like that's kind of like an underrated um, sign that someone's into you. Yes. And I've actually done that because I am just wanting to start a conversation with someone. So I'll literally be like, hey, thought of you, I'm at this place, or I tried this really good pizza. It's a very um, nice way to kind of like show someone you're thinking about them and also like just spark a conversation out of nowhere. Totally, totally. And, and yeah, it's nice, to, it's nice to like share your day with someone. I mean, that's why we're all trying to find love, right? We just want to share our lives with people. But yeah, another, another thing that the psychologist said was um, they remember what you say. And not only that, but they follow up to ask you about it. So if you're chit-chatting with your crush and they remembered something you said previously and are curious about it again, that's a good sign. It means that like they're really listening and they're paying attention to what you're saying the first time and they want to know more about it the next time. Yes. Maybe that's something we don't pay attention to sometimes because we all just have a lot going on and we're sometimes just like talking to people and you're sharing a lot with each other, but it is a good indicator to be like, oh, they remembered that. Like I've had moments where someone's brought something up to me and I'm like, oh, like she actually remembered. That was sweet. Me too. And it's actually a really nice feeling. And I'm, yeah, you don't really think about that often in terms of like a big sign that someone's at least, at least like making an effort to listen to you. Exactly. Exactly. And on the flip side, it's not a good feeling when you are talking about something and the person doesn't remember that you were like already talking about it a week before or whatever. Totally. Anyway. Another thing is if their texts end in a question because they want to keep the combo going. I am kind of sold on this one, kind of not. I think like it depends what type of like back and forth you have with this person. Like if I'm texting someone, someone I like, and we have kind of like a fun, flirty, like back and forth, our texts won't always end in questions. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we'll kind of like bounce off each other and then maybe one person asks a question and then you know what I'm saying? I completely get what you're saying. I think that's very common in the very beginning when you're getting to know someone that you'll be texting and asking questions, but you're right. Once there's kind of something a little bit more established, even if it's early, but you're flirty, you can keep the combo going and it doesn't have to be like, we're asking things back and forth. It could almost be like just statements here and there. Yeah. I also, when I was looking at these, I was thinking, what? Before texting? Like, what? How? How? Like, obviously phone calls. But was it like if someone was into you, they would phone you up? Like, how would you keep in contact in between dates? 
I honestly think you just wouldn't be communicating throughout the day. It would be like, I call you to set up a date and I come see you. It's kind of great. It's kind of nice, man. Because a lot of the, man, texting can be so like anxiety inducing. Like, are they going to text me? Should I text them? Why haven't they texted me yet? I think texting creates more problems. I'm not going to lie. Like, because when you do like someone, you are going to freak out if you haven't heard from them in a few days. But just think about it before we had phones and the ability to be like text messaging. Yeah. You couldn't do that. It would really be like maybe weirder if they hadn't called you in a few days. Right. Yeah, it's so crazy. I just have to like be waiting by my phone. Um, Another way to know if someone's into you is they tell you how they feel, y'all. That's my favorite. I think it's cute. Pretty obvious, but if they tell you they like you, then they like you, okay? I mean, well, we shouldn't make such like black and white statements. You know, I'm sure everyone's experienced someone telling them they like them and then like, you know, maybe they're not really being truthful, you know. But for the most part, if someone's like expressing their emotions to you, great, great sign. (laughs) Yes, I agree. And Another thing is if they tell you they like you, but they actually show it in their actions. So it's very easy for me to go up to a girl and be like, I like you, but what am I showing her after? If I'm not showing her anything, maybe I just said it in the heat of the moment. I'm sorry. Or maybe I just said it like not thinking. You know what I mean? Because that happens too. (laughs) Sorry. That came off very harsh. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. It's all about like, sure, you can talk the talk, but are you walking the walk? You talk That's where like and walk the walk. Me? And dance the dance. That's right, baby. I do it all. And one other thing that I saw on this article about how to know if someone's into you, which I think is really honestly bullshit, but I want to see what you think. Apparently, this is what psychologists say. If someone pulls up their sleeves, like rolls up their sleeves during a date or when they're around you, apparently this is a sign that they're interested because... By rolling up your sleeves, you're exposing the softest skin on your body, which is like your inner forearm skin. And so that's a sign of vulnerability. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I think I think this is BS personally, but it was it was in the article. I thought it was kind of interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I was thinking about it and I was like, hold on for a sec. Say I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt on a date. If I roll up my sleeves... I'm definitely feeling comfortable with the person. Right. I can't even explain why, but that feels like, it does feel like a very like, oh, I'm comfortable with you. I'm going to roll up my sleeves. Whereas if I'm kind of not feeling it, I, I kind of am like, well, I would keep my sleeves down. Is that Does that make sense? I did that one time. I did. And I don't think we realize we're doing it like a body reaction. If we're not feeling something, I sometimes go like this. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, podcast listeners, but I mean, I'm just like putting my sleeves a little bit over. Like I'm kind of sh- uh, sheltering myself. I'm not feeling right. like loosey-goosey. I mean, at the end of the day, you are, by rolling up your sleeves, you are, regardless of this like softer skin thing, you're showing more skin, which is, a, which is always a vulnerable thing. Even though it's just your forearm skin, you're showing more skin. You're showing more of yourself. I think that's always a little bit vulnerable, like even if it's just like a small percentage. Exactly. And like then the next step is taking off your top, girl. Oh, baby. Yeah, I've done that (laughs) on the day. I don't know about you guys, but just been sitting at the restaurant. Whip it off. Whip it off. Why wait? Why wait, you know? (laughs) But ultimately, guys, all of these like signs, whether someone's into you, are great to keep in mind. But at the end of the day, 
we think here at Girl on Girl, the best thing to do is just ask. Yeah. Just ask. If it's been, you know, like a few weeks, a month, and you're like, okay, I'm kind of curious, like, what is this person feeling? Just ask. And be okay with whatever the answer is. If the answer is, you know what, I'm not really feeling this, that's totally okay because you are so awesome. I'm pointing at Persis in the screen, but I'm really talking to like all of you. And like oh. Persis <laughs> a little bit too, yeah, a little bit. Um, but you, listener, you are so fucking awesome. If someone isn't into you, just like Persis said at the very top, it's a reflection of what they are looking for. It's not a reflection of you. So for example, if I'm dating someone and they're looking to just keep things super casual, but I express in whatever way that I'm looking for something a bit more serious, if they tell me they're not into that, like that's a reflection of what they want, what they need. It's not a reflection of me and who I am as a person. So it's kind of like our ghosting episode, Purse. Remember how we were saying that in ghost? If someone ghosts you, like that is about them and what the things they can't handle and the things they want and need. It's not about you. Exactly. Exactly. Because we did say ghosting is never the answer, right? It's it's not a very good way to treat someone. And as we've gone through this, it can actually cause the other person a lot of like emotional trauma. It's the silence and getting ignored is like physical pain. It's awful. To reiterate what Sarah said, you are fucking awesome. If someone's not into you, you guys are just not aligning in that way. It doesn't mean they're also a bad person. Just want to say that. It's like, yeah, you guys totally. just aren't you guys just aren't meshing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I said at the beginning, like this conversation isn't just about giving yourself grace. It's also about giving grace to the other person. Like if someone's not into you, be okay with that and be okay with them being real about that. You know what I mean? Like, and it's okay to get a little angry with your friends. Do you know what I mean? Like we all have to have a moment. But at the end of the day, like, especially if the person's really honest with you, you got to give them grace, right? They're just soul searching too. They're just trying to find what they want, what they need. And, and if anything, they're doing you a favor. Why would you want to be with someone who's not psyched to be with you? I want to get that like tatted on my back. <laughs> And then it says Sarah Johnson, you please? 2022. Well, actually, that was a direct quote from someone who I had to tell I wasn't into them. And oh. that was a direct quote that they said back. They said, they said, thanks for the honesty. And they said, I don't want to be with someone who's not psyched to be with me. And I was like, absolutely. That's why I'm being honest with you. And bada bing, bada boom, y'all. We are, mo- we are moving. We are shaking. And everyone's fine. So I'm going to get that tatted, but I'm going right. to get his name instead. Yeah. Do you want me to, to send you his full name? Yes, please. Okay. I'll send it. I actually know what it is. Um, well, obviously. <laughs> we, I like, actually know on. what it is. <laughs> no. I, well, because like sometimes when you're dating someone, you don't know what their last name is and stuff. Anyway. And if someone isn't into you, it's still going to sting. Like, don't, don't think that you'd be like, oh, it's fine. No biggie. Like, it's going to hurt. It's going to sting. You might be mad. You might be sad. But remember that there are countless people out there who will be absolutely dazzled by you exactly how you are. So keep doing you and you'll find them because um, I love I love knowing that, like, there's someone out there for everyone and that everyone, every single person will be loved by someone. You know what I mean? Like, if you think you're, un- if, if I think Persis doesn't love me, that's okay because there's one person out there who will. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not trying to sound cliche, but there are 7 billion people in the world, guys, that 
truly. Is that, is that an accurate? Is that accurate? Should I fact check it? Go Google it. Okay. But it's true. Like if there's someone who you're really into and they're just not showing you that same energy back. Yes, of course we're acknowledging that's going to be really shitty, but always remember there is someone for you and they're going to love you. And I've definitely learned this lesson. Like I want to be with someone who's crazy about me, kind of like the Mm -hmm. same feelings I give to someone when I really like them. Of course, I'm going to want that same energy back. So yeah, there's nothing better. If it's not really working out with someone who, let's just say they were like dream girl, you know, whatever. Alexa Demi. Yeah. Alexa Demi, if you're out there, but if Alexa Demi just isn't showing me that energy back, she's just not the girl for me. Yeah. Hey, Alexa, can you get out of my life? Thanks. I mean, I might need a lot of therapy for that, but it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I would expect so. And I wouldn't judge you for it. Well, I would never judge you for therapy, obviously. Therapy is amazing. We should do a whole episode in therapy. Yes, please. Should we get our therapist on the podcast? Oh my God, that'd be so fun. That'd be so fun to get yours and my therapist and do like a four-way chat. And we could make them anonymous and maybe like distort their voices. <laughs> yes. I wonder what her voice would sound like distorted. I would love to know. Also, I fact checked. And you're right. There are 7 billion people in the world, but we are so close to 8 billion. Like by next year, we'll have over 8 billion. And eight's my, eight's my lucky number, even though that amount of people on one planet is catastrophic. Um, eight's my lucky number. So. I thought 8 billion was your lucky number. <laughs> Should I change it now that the population is is getting up there? We're up, world's gonna explode probably. Oof! Don't say that. Sorry, just kidding. <laughs> um, Sarah, I have a quick question that's a little bit of a fun one that I want both of us to do before we wrap this episode up. Oh, that's fun. Okay, hit me. I want you to name something that you specifically do if you're into someone. So whether it's like a mannerism or a thing you notice you do. And then I also want you to tell me what you do when you're not into somebody. Just okay. for a little more personal touch of like an S&P, what we would do. I love it. Okay. Good question. If I'm into someone, okay, hold on. Let me think about this. So my first instinct was to say, see how hard this is for me to answer? <laughs> like it's not easy for me guys to show people I like them. Oh, man, this is a really hard question, Paris. Sarah, we got things to do, people to see. I can't you're be right. here okay. forever. I know, you're right. Okay, sorry. Okay, I'll start with what, I'll start with what I do if, I, if I'm not into someone. Then I, I just, like, um, will not show them attention. I won't give them anything to go off of. Um, I'll be a little bit distant or, or a lot distant. I'll be kind of, like, rigid. Not cold, necessarily, but just I won't be giving them attention. But I think, I don't know if this answers the question right, but I think on the flip side, if I do like someone, I'll just give you attention. Like if I'm showing you attention, that means I'm really interested in learning more about you. Eye contact is big for me. Like, But I also use eye contact if I'm trying to figure out if I like someone too. So, But anyway, if I like you, I will just like give you these eyes. And they're not quite the Persis eyes because Persis has these like eyes that she gives someone when she likes them. And I don't. you guys can't see Persis, but... Come to our Instagram profile and look her up if you haven't seen her before. She has like massive eyes. And so yours are like googly googles. Mine are just a bit more like I'm like looking 
at you. Like, you Got know, it. I'm like, I am like looking at you. But I think it's just attention. Does that answer the question? I'll text you. I'll, well, sometimes I'll, I'll hold back and wait for them to text me. Oh man, this is a really hard question. Okay, your turn. <laughs> you know what? Audio just came into my mind, guys. For all my TikTok lovers, when I asked Sarah the question, all I could think of was, the woman was too stunned to speak. <laughs> that is so me. That's a really hard question for someone who like does not show their emotions. And I won't like automatically, like I feel like for some people it's as easy, like this might be your answer. It's as easy as being like, if I like you, I'll like show you affection, I'll like touch you and I'll like, you know what I mean? It's not like that for me. Like I could like you for a month and I would like, I, I haven't even like touched you yet. <laughs> Does that make sense? No, that makes so much sense to me. Uh, you know what I mean? Like lovingly touched you, like, you know. Of like, course. Put my arm around you or something like that. Anyway. Persis, your turn. I have some very specifics, I think, that are things I do if I'm very into someone. The one thing I did think of was the eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, I do get some sort of hard eyes. And guys, should I go to a doctor? Because I truly said, I feel when I'm into someone, something comes over my body. Like I need to, I need (sighs) to like check with a doctor because maybe they'll give me like hard eyes-itis. Yeah, let's uh, get a doctor on to diagnose you here because this seems like a medical issue. And another thing is I will definitely be like paying attention to them in like a group setting. Like if I'm really Oh yeah. If I'm really into you and let's just say we're we're out somewhere with a bunch of friends, I will make sure like you're good and I'll be paying attention to you. If I'm not very into you, I'm probably not gonna be like around your orbit very much. And yeah. I act a little distant. And I had someone who later told me they liked that I was like paying attention to them in this group setting because it did make them feel secure because they didn't know anybody. But I told them, I'm like, yeah, but I'm also into you like, because I care about you. I want to make sure you're having a good time. So I think it's something as simple as that. I can be very the opposite if I'm not into someone. And I don't mean I'm treating them badly, but I'll notice like, do I really want to be around them when like they're with all my friends? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a big one. That's a really big one. Aw. And then what about if you don't like someone? I definitely start to act a little distant. I won't really be making an effort truly to kind of go and see them. I don't let that go on for too long. Like I will tell someone, but those are the early indicators for me where I feel like, okay, I just don't think I'm into them. And sometimes if I'm thinking about a past person when I'm with them, Oh, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. And I also used to think about it like sometimes maybe it doesn't have to necessarily do with the past person as a whole. Like I don't see it as like, oh, Persis, I'm not over. I'm t- I love how I'm talking to myself in third person. So I was going to say <laughs> Persis isn't over <laughs> this last person. Um, no, it would be like <laughs> it's not that I'm not over the last person, but the fact that that last relationship kind of like came into my mind when I'm with this new energy is a little Mm. bit like a, okay, maybe this just isn't the vibe for me right now. That's interesting. That's interesting. I wonder listeners, how you guys feel about that. I feel like old people come into my mind all the time, but it doesn't always mean something for me. That's interesting. I think it's different for everyone. It is different for everyone, but I've noticed this, this pattern with me. Maybe it's not a pattern. I think it's just me. 
if I'm meeting someone new and an old person doesn't pop into my mind in like a romantic way or me being like, oh, I miss that person or I miss the feeling I had with the old person. Right. It's to me, it's an indicator like, okay, you should explore this new connection more because I think this could be something awesome. Huh. I like that. He's nice. He's nice. That was a fun game. Yeah. And like we said, guys, Pris and I are very different. So it's actually kind of nice. We're like exhibit A of how people can show their emotions and whether they like you very differently. Like Persis, I think you will know if Persis likes you and you probably won't know if I like you. So if you have someone in your life right now and you're like, what is going on? Do they like me? Do they not? Some, it's really hard to just decipher it on your own. So like we said, y'all, just ask. Just put yourself out there. Be brave. Be bold. And remember how great you are. And if you need any reassurance of how great you are, just message us. We'll tell you. Yes, please. We love you guys. We love yeah. you. We're into you. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, we've been giving you a lot of attention. We have been um, coming into your lives every week for about a year, and you still haven't realized that we've been trying to tell you we're into you. Exactly. I'm so into you. I'm so into you. Play this music as we go into the In Case You Missed It. Baby, come let me up. And baby, I'll let you on it. All right, my loving mamacita bear. That is a new one. I don't want any other nicknames ever for the rest of time except that one. My loving mamacita bear. Yeah, except, I mean, you kind of stole bear from your nickname, but it's fine. Bear? Do you call me bear? Bunsy bears. Oh, yeah. I mean, I stole that from your mom, but Renny, I know you're listening and I love Bunsy bear. Yeah, it's cute. Percy Bunsy Bears. Percy Bunsy Bears. So cute. <laughs> um, <but laughs> it's so funny that we talk about these nicknames on a podcast. Like, I'm cringing at myself. I'm going to look back and be like, the fact that I disclosed my nickname is Percy Bunsy Bears to all these listeners. Persis, the shit we have disclosed on this podcast, like, Bunsy Bears is the least of my worries. <laughs> I know one day I'm going to be like applying for a job and they're going to find a podcast where I was talking about penetration for an hour and they're going to be like, okay, you declined. No, they're going to love it. I hope so. Um, So guys, for this week's In Case You Missed It, Sarah and I want to talk about Jeopardy's Amy Schneider. Woo! And the crowd goes wild. That's right. So after 40 consecutive Jeopardy victories, the Oakland-based engineer Amy Schneider's time on the show ended in January, concluding what had been one of the most captivating game show runs in recent memory, um, cementing her legacy to the legions of LGBTQ plus fans who looked to Schneider as a trans quiz show hero. So Sarah brought this as, this um, in case you missed it up. So Sarah, take it away. Yeah. I feel like you guys have probably seen this on your socials and stuff, but Amy Schneider is just so cool. She, like Prisa says, she's trans, um, and 40 Games is um, Jeopardy history, I believe. I believe it's like the long, the longest consecutive amount of wins. So she's just like setting, setting records, no big deal. It was really interesting because she was being trans on TV. for the Like she had never been trans in that kind of context, like 
out there for the whole world to see. So she had to deal with like vocal dysphoria mm-hmm. um, and like internet trolls and, you know, trans hate, I'm sure. And also like seeing herself as a woman on TV. Um, and so I think it's just really cool that like, it, yeah, it was this amazing Jeopardy run, I think the best in history. And then also it was this like experience for her to be her her full self um, on TV. And not many, I mean, think of all the trans people who like don't really get that kind of experience. And so the Instagram account Them, which we love, posted um, a few quotes from Amy. And I wanted to read them out because I thought they were really great. So Amy said, I can go more feminine with my voice if I really try to. And that was my original plan, but it felt fake and inauthentic somehow. It also was like, I don't need this extra thing to think about. And as a result, that helped me push through a lot of the dysphoria. I think that's really interesting. She was considering like putting on a more feminine voice. Right. If you really try. Yeah. And I, I think that's a good her saying like, I don't need this extra thing to think about. It's, it's a really good point because she's on Jeopardy. Yeah. It's like you need all the brain power you can possibly get to win that game. Like she can't be half of her brain is trying to sound more feminine and half of her brain is trying to answer the question correctly. And who knows, maybe if she was preoccupied with trying to have a more feminine voice, she wouldn't have been able to win 40 games in a row. So I think it's really cool that she was like, screw it. I don't care. I'm, I'm going in with what my voice sounds like and I'm pushing through it. Yeah. Legend. Another quote legend literally legend another quote from amy she said the idea that i've been getting questions in advance if you've ever seen the production you know how ridiculous it is since the quiz show scandals of the 1950s anyone who thinks the show is rigged just doesn't know what they're talking about and i thought this was interesting too because she had such a long run people were um creating theories that she was cheating Mm. and that she was getting the questions in advance and I'm like, okay, how much of that was, how much of that was, oh, she's just on a lot of runs and this is like more runs than anyone's ever had. And how much of it is the fact that she's trans, you know? Like how much does her transness bake into the fact that people were trying to discredit her um, her genius and they were trying to take away her um, success? Mm-hmm. And I think that's real. I hate to I hate that idea that that could be part of it, but it's something that is really interesting and I think is something that I'm sure people will be talking about um, when they when we talk about Amy Schneider moving forward. And then another quote that Amy said was, being trans, one of the things that led me to transition was curiosity about girls and women and how they see things and to try and put myself in their minds and heads. When did Amy come out as trans? Um, I don't know much about Amy Schneider at all, to be honest. Yeah, so I didn't know who Amy was either because I don't watch Jeopardy. And I don't know when she came out as trans. Honestly, I don't. But um, guys, if you know, let us know. But I mean, the the way Jeopardy works is just like regular people living their lives. And then they're really smart and they go on Jeopardy. And they and then they become like, you know, if they have a run like Amy, then they become like legends. But yeah, I mean, a- Amy was like unknown by anyone until she started killing it on Jeopardy. Yeah, just being the smartest gal on the block. <laughs> Truly the smartest gal on the block. But yeah, congratulations to Amy. That was an incredible run. We love to see it. We love to see just a run like that in general, but we also love to see a trans person out there on TV um, showing up for her community, not changing her voice to to make anyone else more comfortable and just like being her full authentic self. And 
Um, if you go to Amy's Instagram, it's really great because she was posting um, throughout the throughout the run, and a lot of her posts are talking about her clothes. So she'll she would post a picture of herself from one of the episodes and be like. I really like this shirt, like, here's where I got it, or, or like, just so excited about being able to, like, wear what she wants on TV, you know what I mean? And wear makeup and, like, show up as a woman um, in every way. And she, like, documented it throughout the run. It was, it's really cool. So if you guys want to, you can go take a look at her profile. It's um, Jeopard Amy, which is a pretty um, cheeky little handle. Um, and, yeah, congratulations, Amy. If you're Congrats, listening, Amy. come on the pod, girl. Come on the pod. Please do. Actually, I'm kind of the same as you, Sarah. I never really got into Jeopardy. I was never a Jeopardy girl. But I think uh, you got to be really smart to be winning 40, 40 consecutive Next games. level purse. Girl, like, next level. Girl. And the thing, the thing with Jeopardy is like it's um, general knowledge. So it's like everything from pop culture to science to history to geography like you got to be real smart and to win 40 games like don't even get me started wild so amy is the first woman to win more than one million dollars on jeopardy wow so i did find this really nice quote from uh Dana Bodenheimer, a psychotherapist who works with the LGBTQ plus community in Philadelphia, and she was saying that her family was devastated, devastated with the results of Wednesday's episode, but they were thankful for the positive impact that Amy Schneider has had for LGBTQ plus visibility. So Bodenheimer had said that Schneider's appearance on the show especially resonated with her 11-year-old child, Lee, who identifies mm. as trans and non-binary. Uh, and the child, who's 11 years old, so cute, said this about Amy. She had made me think this will help trans people have more impact on the world. So, like, Lee is yes. an 11-year-old. Seeing Amy Schneider on TV represented in that way, it just goes to show, like, Lee is feeling seen. And that's yeah. why we got to keep doing this. That's why representation matters. We say it every single episode. And if Lee is feeling seen... God, think of all the people other than Lee who have also felt seen by this. Exactly. I, I, I also like am so shameless. I always default to being like, come on the pod. Guys, shower I'm thoughts. Have, have we talked about the shower? I don't think we've talked about the shower thoughts yet. We haven't, but I'm going ex- to explain what it is because <laughs> okay. why not? Okay. Sarah and I, Sarah and I have this theory with my manifestation. When we really yeah. want a guest on the pod, I truly like think about them. Like, you know, when you guys have shower thoughts, you're like in the shower, like doing your thing. And then you might think about someone. I straight up one day thought about a guest in the shower. Not in that way, guys, like not sexually. I was just thinking about them and they got back to us and said, yes. And that happened another time with another guest. Yeah. So guys, I think I'm um, a psychic essentially. I think you're a manifesting um, goddess, and the shower is your sanctuary. Sanctuary, yes. <laughs> I don't even know what I just said, but yeah. If you guys want, if you guys want to talk to really cool people on a podcast, just think about them in the shower. That's um, that's our go-to. That's how we run our run our little situation over here. Oui. Um, Purse, I wanted to close out this episode by saying if you guys know the app. The pattern, it's like this 
astrology app that Persis got me to download and Persis and I are friends on it. So it'll like give me little notifications sometimes about like me and Persis. And it just sent this to me like half an hour ago while we were recording. So I wanted to read it out to end the episode. It says, not only are you and Persis comfortable with each other. Whoops, I lost it. Wow. She already failed. (laughs) Not only are you and Persis comfortable with each other, but you're also pushing each other to reach your highest potential. Oh, don't you think that's true? Wow. Sorry. My voice got real high. (laughs) You literally levitated. No, that's really cute. Come on the pod. Yeah, can we have the pattern on the pod? <laughs> yeah, the creators of the pattern. We have some stuff to talk to you about. I think this would be cute to close this episode is that I'm very proud of like the both of us. I mean, for starting this, for learning, we're learning so much on the podcast together. And I do oh, think gosh. we both have those personalities that push each other. So, I mean, that is very yeah. accurate. Yeah, the pattern's not wrong. Thank you, Purse, for pushing me to my highest potential. Thank you for pushing me off a bridge <laughs> of love <laughs> into of the love. sea of love. <laughs> yes, exactly. Love you so much. Love you too. And we love you, Amy. And guys, remember, if they're just not that into you, it's okay. Because we are. Because we are. Exactly. Amen. Amen.